Hello, welcome to the Shrinking Cities podcast. We are your hosts, Caroline and Diara. And today we will be talking about the effects of universities like the University of Pennsylvania and Drexel University on shrinking cities, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. In April, 1958, a 26-year-old Korean exchange student named In Ho Oh was murdered at UPenn. Sources say that they attacked Oh with a lead pipe and pop bottles only to discover that he had no money. They left him on the ground, bleeding, until he died 10 minutes later. Because he was killed by neighborhood Black youths, this caused many racial tensions between white and Black Americans. The nation was shocked that a Korean student studying political science at an Ivy League institution could be so brutally murdered. He was part of what is deemed as model minority, which means that oftentimes immigrant minorities are pitted against Black Americans to show that if you work hard, you won't suffer the same fate as many African Americans. This is a myth that has played a huge part in cross-racial interactions and why Black youths are deemed as delinquents who must be stopped. Following this tragic incident, UPenn purchased what was known as the Black Bottom. Most residents of the Black Bottom were African-American migrants from the South living in affordable housing. Many people living there formed a tight-knit community throughout the early 1900s, but by the 60s, buildings were demolished, homes were seized by UPenn University, and many Black families were left devastated. Today, Drexel and UPenn are large institutions that have an immense presence in the communities they're in and greatly impact the social and economic climate of the surrounding neighborhoods. When Penn leveraged the Black Bottom, it shows the power major local institutions have to either benefit or damage lower income residents. It is the reason why what was once the Black Bottom is now known as University City. Despite the negative response, Universities like Drexel and UPenn actually have the capacity to provide resources for communities. They can provide employment opportunities and even work with community organizers for a better city. Unfortunately, the everlasting process of gentrification has also made it more common for universities to instead push residents out of their homes through discriminatory tactics in the name of revitalization. According to Megan M. Ellens, Presently, few universities engage in any kind of evaluation of their neighborhood revitalization strategies without appraising if and how neighborhoods improve or if new problems arise, neither institutions nor communities can know if university investments in neighborhood renewal are worth the realized benefits, much less the costs. Essentially, when large institutions like universities seek to expand and strengthen communities, they often do so at the expense of already established Black neighborhoods. The American census records that Philadelphia itself is 42.3% Black and over 20% of this population suffers in poverty. University City, which comprises multiple higher learning institutions, including Drexel and UPenn, is 50% White. And with Drexel increasing student population by over 250%, Black communities are even more threatened with disinvestment. UPenn and Drexel's adjacent neighborhoods include Mantua and Palatin. Recently, Politico magazine did a study of Palatin, labeled as a tight-knit neighborhood known for its diversity and activist tradition. 
as Drexel's population skyrocketed, enrollment prices did as well. The rent prices also increased, and many non-resident students began buying houses in the neighborhood. Today, only 12% of the houses in Palatin Village are owned. Mostly, they are rented by students. Many residents who have moved out or are considering moving complain that students have changed the culture of the village. One resident recounts, I moved here years ago because it was one of the friendliest, most quaint places in Philadelphia, but this is the first time I've considered moving. In many ways, Drexel students are great kids, and we are them, but this is not a dorm. They have no regard for the neighborhood. Instead of a once quiet neighborhood, residents of Palatin are now faced with beer cans strewn over lawns and loud commotion from drug students. Ultimately, institutions like Drexel and UPenn show efforts of self-conservation and expansion. These efforts overlook the wants and needs of broadening neighborhoods. Attractive cities must be maintained with a welcoming social atmosphere, and this cannot be achieved by hogging resources, especially housing facilities. We spoke to Aaron Passell, an urban sociologist who put into further perspective the ways in which universities shape the communities around them and obtain resources in response to exclusionary tactics. He is the Associate Director of Urban Studies at Barnard College and has written two critically acclaimed books about the process of urbanization, including Building the New Urbanism, Places, Professions, and Profits in the American Metropolitan Landscape. Passel is currently in the process of writing Preserving Neighborhoods, coming out in January of 2021. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. So we're specifically focusing on the Mantua University, City, and Palatin areas, specifically looking at like UPenn and Drexel University's impact on Philadelphia. And we didn't know if you had an understanding of what the sort of perception of Mantua, University City, and Palatin were from residents outside of those areas. I have some sense of those areas. I've spent some time down at Penn coming and going, and my wife teaches at the law school at Drexel. So I would say those are three very distinct neighborhoods. So University City, I think there's a common understanding in Philadelphia of University City as a place that is rapidly changing, that is dominated by the institutions it's very easy to pick up that there's a great deal of pan and Drexel driven development. In particular, Drexel has been part of this plan, which I imagine you've turned up to create this new space right next to the 30th street train station, redeveloping a park and building a bunch of high rise towers around it just North of Drexel, which is up towards Palatin village and Mantua. There is a private corporation that effectively provides dorms for Drexel that has been building what are sort of like dorm towers So University City has one feel, and I think it's relatively aggressively policed by the institutions that are there. From my wife's experience at Drexel, but also just moving around at night, there's a very conspicuous institutional police presence. Palton Village, I think, is a little bit more complicated in the sense that it's interesting old housing, but it's also known for having one of the best public elementary schools in the city. And so that Palton Village is accordingly relatively appealing as a destination for people with the resources to buy into the neighborhood and interested in high quality public education. And then third, Mantua remains a predominantly um, working class Black neighborhood into which now student housing and such is encroaching. So there's actually interesting scholarship on the question of whether we should think about student housing as gentrification. 
student housing brings with it the kind of amenities we often associate with gentrification, new coffee shops, new groceries, new restaurants, those sorts of things. But because students rarely own the places that they live in and there's significant churn in the student population, right? Students are replaced every year. It's not the same process as a process driven by you know, new homeowners seeking particular returns on their property values and et cetera, et cetera. So there's some kind of a neighborhood change process going on in Mantua that involves Drexel's mostly white student body and mostly probably wealthier than the residents of Mantua. So speaking both as a resident of Philadelphia and as someone who tries to pay attention to these things, I see those as three very distinct neighborhoods with three pretty distinct processes going on in them. So there isn't necessarily a lot of overlap in how those neighborhoods kind of look and function. I think that's right. And this would really be a question for sort of Mantua neighborhood activists. How is Mantua understanding Drexel's expansion in the area? You guys may be familiar with security alerts from Barnard or Columbia. My wife gets the same things from Drexel constantly. And that seems to suggest that Mantua is where much of the tension is between students who may live up there, students who uh, wander up there for various sorts of reasons, who are not necessarily taking the care we would hope students would take in an urban environment. And understood from another direction, I think longtime residents of Mantua feeling like students are encroaching upon the spaces that they've dominated for a long time. Thank you. Sure. And then we were also wondering, what do these people kind of perceive of UPenn and Drexel University in greater Philadelphia and in those neighborhoods that we just discussed? That's an interesting question. I think that Powhatan Village is very closely entangled with Penn because of the Penn's involvement in the local public school. I think Mantua, as I said, is living in sort of competition with Drexel at the moment in terms of competition for space. And I think in broader Philadelphia, Penn, at least, is really understood as sort of a community resource. The top public high schools in Philadelphia frequently send many of their top graduates to Penn. Penn has a relationship with the local public schools. Drexel, I think, is a little bit more complicated in the sense that Drexel has expanded a lot recently as an institution, both in terms of its physical footprint and also in terms of its sort of regional influence. So I think that's interesting complication about Drexel. Do you have any sort of understanding of why Drexel has expanded so rapidly or why Penn hasn't kind of done the same in a way? Or is it like a difference between what type of institution they are? Two things. I think one is about a timing thing. I think Penn had done a great deal of expanding over the early 2000s, probably. The current president of Drexel was a vice president at Penn in a period in which Penn expanded into the neighborhood a great deal. And Penn had a few programs and may still, in fact, have these programs in force where they incentivized faculty to buy into the neighborhood, things like that. So Penn did a similar kind of geographic expansion uh, earlier. I think it probably continues to do so, but it did a lot of it earlier. So it's uh, much of that is already done. The other question, I think, it is then also about the nature of the institutions. Drexel is a long time, relatively small scale, tech oriented undergraduate institution, which is trying to expand itself into a regional university. 
then Mm -hmm. how do you think these universities may take it too far or maybe like take away resources from these neighborhoods? Let's say you're trying to attract more people or leverage resources. How do you make sure that you apply those resources where it is necessary instead of just like hogging it to one institution? Yep. So that's a great question. So the city and neighborhood activists are generally interested in getting resources historic preservation regulations and tax benefits and such can be really be useful for channeling new investment into a neighborhood. In most cases, that kind of investment is not directly displacing anyone. Simply as an arithmetic problem, you can add lots of people to these neighborhoods without needing to displace anyone. Neighborhood activists can sometimes use historic preservation rules to mitigate gentrification in the sense of pushing back displacement pressures. So what I would hope for the neighborhoods like Palatine Village and Mantua is that neighborhood activists could use preservation rules to say, you know, no new luxury dorm buildings in our neighborhood. And this works in a very simple way, right? Uh, If you've got a historic district designation, one of the key things that that does is means that you cannot demolish a historic building. So if you were going to build dorms, you would need to demolish some housing, right? And the regulations would prevent that. So what I would be hoping for is that neighborhood activists could use these regulations so as to take some control of the neighborhood development process. But it might be that Drexel was just assuming that it could spur further development in these neighborhoods with very little intervention or interference, but likely without much regard for the current residents of the neighborhood. So preservation regulation might be an opportunity for neighborhood residents to take control of some of those processes. Yeah, I think I just have one more question. What I was wondering is kind of where you see this particular area, West Philadelphia, going in the future and kind of what you hope for that particular area in relation to the communities and the universities that are located there. So that's a good question. I actually think that Drexel is, in some ways, trying to attend to community needs as it expands. I'm not sure I'm persuaded that it will succeed in doing so, but I'm an optimist, so I'm hopeful. I think there's a possibility for a relatively community-driven development process that attends to the needs of the existing communities while also addressing the needs of the institutions as they try to grow. Having said that, I also think that the pandemic and the associated financial difficulties and employment crisis is putting into question Drexel's ambitions to expand in the way that it has been. So I actually think the next few years are going to be very interesting. It's possible that Drexel will continue to expand in the way that it has been over the last decade or so. And so then these pressures on Mantua will be really present and compelling issues about how the community, how folks there are going to manage Drexel's presence. It also seems possible to me that Drexel is going to have to abandon some of its plans for expansion because of financial reversals and declining enrollments and and employment issues in Philadelphia and, and Pennsylvania more generally. A neighborhood like Mantua has been hit hard by COVID, I'm sure, and I'm also certain is being hit hard by the unemployment that's gone with the pandemic. So on the one hand, I see some reasons for optimism in the sense that if Drexel continues to be involved in the neighborhood responsibly, they could bring lots of people sort of into the mix. But I also see reasons for concern in the sense that it doesn't seem impossible to me that Mantua will face the difficulties associated with the pandemic 
And then the further difficulties associated with the abandonment of Drexel's plans for expansion that might have brought some benefits to the neighborhood. That's great. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to talk to us about this. And we appreciate your input and insight in these issues, especially regarding Drexel and UPenn's expansion. Great. Happy to help. We can see how more universities like UPenn and Drexel have impacted the communities that they occupy, but there are some change in the ways that they are addressing the communities. UPenn has been working with the West Philadelphia Initiative since 1996, participating in a multi-pronged strategy to improve social and economic conditions in Penn's neighborhood of University City. In addition, Drexel has implemented volunteer staff-led initiatives and programs for students to help in cleanup and commerce of the West Philadelphia area after the Black Lives Matter protests this summer. Although these universities have done some work to contribute to the West Philadelphia area, there is still more to be done. We encourage listeners to learn more about anchor institutions like colleges and universities in shrinking cities like Philadelphia. We encourage you to reflect on the following questions. Where do you see West Philadelphia's relationship with UPenn and Drexel going amidst the COVID-19 pandemic? How do communities work with these institutions to maintain and revitalize, to an extent, their communities? We appreciate you listening to the Shrinking Cities podcast episode on the impact of UPenn and Drexel on West Philadelphia. Thank you for listening.